Welcome to Fantasy Football BS with your hosts, Bryduck and the Snowman. This podcast is for all fantasy football players from your newbies to the most experienced players. This podcast is sponsored by Air Care Heating and Cooling, your number one air care heating and cooling provider in the Bay Area. In this episode, we'll be previewing all the games of the week, as well as giving you Bryduck and Snowman studs and duds of the week. So sit back and listen to this great content so you're the one dominating your league and hosting that fantasy football trophy at the end of the season. It's Bride Duck and Snowman. They come from San Man. They drop a little knowledge about the fantasy program. It's fantasy football. Mm. Division rivals player. Mm. Snowman's a Bronco while Bride Duck's a Raider. Yeah. But that just makes for better bullshitting. <laughs> Two of the smartest football minds. So listen. A Raider in Fort Worth. The Bronco in the Bay. Bay. A mission to the top of the standings to stay. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Fantasy Football BS. I'm the Snowman with my co-host, my Texas native and Las Vegas Raider rival over here, Bride Duck, just cracked open my beer for the episode. I got a Google man drinking a sexy Mexi Amber uh, from Big Sexy Brewing out of Sacramento, California. So, uh, nice little sexy Mexi, uh, nice little Amber Ale here uh, out of Sacramento. It won a, a silver uh, medal at the San Diego Beer Competition. They're they're super small. Uh, their their posts are actually pretty legit on Instagram, and, which made me want to like walk in there and actually buy a beer. And uh, I'm glad uh, because I'm definitely stoked with this 6.2 percenter over here. Yeah, it sounds pretty good, man. And I know I sent you over that uh, that Advent calendar beer uh calendar thing man we got to get you on that next year absolutely an advent calendar but for beer so for every day leading up to christmas you crack a beer man i was like i was like oh it's got snow written all over it right here man i i affordable too man at costco they're only selling it for 59.99 i know that's not bad when you sent me that today i was like damn i fucked up on the pumpkin episode over here i didn't have a pumpkin ale i had some random beer don't have an advent calendar over here. <laughs> See, and then when, and then next year when the wifey's not pregnant, you get her the wine version. It's the advent calendar, but it's a, a I guess it's like a, a half bottle of wine um, in each one. So you know, it's it's kind of cool. You guys can she have... might run out of that thing before the twenty four days are up, though. <laughs> <laughs> half, what are you saying? The half bottle, the half bottle is rookie numbers. You got to pump those numbers up. You got to pump those numbers up. Those better be full bottles by next year. <laughs> you might have to make your own for her. <laughs> she she was looking at uh, was it Black Friday and like Cyber Monday deals. Uh, she came across Prisoner Wine Company, which I know the Foos knows uh, quite well, and it was like. It was like three bottles for like 150 bucks, and it was like normally like a, a $240 value price or whatever. And she's like, oh my God, like I'm going to buy this right now. And, and just, she's like, I've been good. I've been good. I only got seven weeks left. I've been good. That's a celebration <laughs> bottle right there. Right? You got to You got to have a celebration bottle. She can't do the two buck chuck, uh, the, the first uh, bottle coming back after nine exactly. months. Exactly. Absolutely not. Can't do it. Can't do it. Bright up, man. My Broncos this week were literally boned hard by the NFL and Roger Goodell. Like it was I, bad. I think I think we were we were already talking about this on, on previous episodes about how they keep dicking the Raiders and making us play through, you know, nine of eleven defensive players not practicing all week. And now you see what they're doing to the Broncos. Literally no quarterbacks to roster and they have to pull in a wide receiver off of the practice squad uh, to come fill in at quarterback that week. I think I think it's it's kind of a punishment also to the Broncos for being so careless on you know yeah. kind of how they were mitigating that risk, right? So uh, and it's you know, it's just ridiculous because I mean they they pushed the Baltimore and Steelers game. Exactly. Literally like 10 days. If you're the Could Chiefs you... or the Ravens, I mean, they'll bend over backwards for whatever you need them to do. Yeah. But if, but, but, you know, if you're, if you happen to be the Raiders or the Broncos or, you know, one of these other teams that maybe not a, a, a highlighted team of, of the NFL at the moment, um, they can pretty much care less about you. Well, like, now nah, you're playing. Do we don't care. You don't have push, a quarterback, put your punter in. I don't care. Push it one day. If they would have had it to Monday, all quarterbacks came back negative. They would have been able to play. It would have been a, a much better 
and I'm sitting outside drinking some beers, watching the games, and I was like, you know what, like, let's see what game's on, and it was like Kansas City at Tampa Bay, uh, and I was like, really? Like, you're going to have a Florida game on out all the way out here from the West Coast? And I was like, oh, well, better ratings than the Broncos having a wide receiver playing quarterback. I mean, I think I think if you tuned into that game, you were either a Saints fan, a Broncos fan, or you just wanted to see what was going to happen with this guy in that quarterback for the Broncos, which was me. Um, I That was the only reason why I tuned in for, you know, uh, probably just a few series. I just wanted to see what this kid can do. And, you know, to be honest, he looked, he, you know, he's, he's definitely athletic. He looked fairly decent back there. I think they gave, if they gave that kid some, some, uh, some opportunity, he might actually have a chance. I mean, it, in the he was a quarterback it, in college. It wasn't looking as bad. I mean, I chose as soon as that report came out and you sent me that report, I immediately switched my survivor league pick uh, for, for the Saints to beat the Broncos because I mean of course right I mean got I got two thousand dollars on the line here uh, and the Broncos got zero quarterbacks so of course yeah. uh, I'm gonna do that and my but my other buddy and I were talking about putting a bet on the Chiefs because the game was still at negative six uh, or minus six for the Saints right and this was Saturday night we are hoping someone was in Vegas had his dad lives in Vegas, but wasn't in Vegas until Sunday morning. He went into the casinos, and it was negative Saints minus 16 and a half. Oh, man. And I was like, gosh, can you imagine? Like, I mean, it obviously was a huge steal at minus six if you could have gone in there Saturday night. Yeah. And got, I mean, they covered it anyways. Uh, they covered the minus 16 and a half anyways, but... Uh, it's still at that point just shows you how much that changed real quick. <laughs> oh yeah, no, absolutely, man. It's it's pretty wild. Uh, I, I, as we were getting ready for this episode, you know, I was looking here and I'm like, week 13. You know, it's our last regular season week here before postseason starts next week. So, you know, I know a lot of people are are interested, uh, you know, in kind of who's going to be making playoffs for their leagues. And if you are in the thick of it, you know, obviously you'll be tuning in for the next several weeks. Hopefully, if you're not, you'll continue listening in so that you guys can uh, hopefully position yourselves to make the playoffs next year. Um, but, you know, let us know, uh, you know, DM us. Let us know if you made your playoffs and, and if you guys got any questions for us and make sure you guys are hitting it with the hashtag Foose Clues. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's a, that's definitely a good call. I'm very interested to hear. Uh, obviously, the, the Purple Cobras and, and the Foose doesn't count. He listens to us. He tunes in. He, he joins us. But, I mean, I, we can't help him out as... It, hey, hey, his wifey's going to be making playoffs, so he'll still be in the mix, you know, at least to, to kind of be there as a uh, supporting supporting character. Hey, she, she's doing a good job. I'm seeing some of the people like she drops and picks up and I'm like, oh, shit. I know. I saw I saw she swooped up Benny Snell today. I was like, after we yeah. posted the waiver wire picks for the week, you know, and I was yeah. like, oh, OK, somebody's paying attention. Someone's paying attention. I got someone in my other league. They they are just trying to make playoffs. And they were talking about how they didn't think the Ravens game was going to count. They didn't know. So they dropped Justin Tucker. And oh. I've been chilling with a with a high waiver wire priority. So I am swooping Justin Tucker for the just playoffs. Just in time for playoffs. Up. Just in time for playoffs. I have a shitty ass uh, kicker. I got Christian McCaffrey hopefully coming back. I'm I'm in third place. And I've had Christian McCaffrey here hurt the whole entire season, and I've been able to manage it. So yeah. I, I'm I'm looking pretty good. But going into this episode, Bryduck, hit us up. Let us know what we got to look forward to. All righty, guys. Thanks so much for sticking with us through uh, through 13 weeks here. Uh, week 13, final week of the regular season. We got the Foose Clues coming in with the injury report. Uh, also going to be covering our listener mailbag. Uh, and then Snow and I are going to be hitting our studs and duds for week 13. If you're on social media, Instagram and YouTube, follow us at FantasyFootballBS and on Twitter at FantasyFBBS on all podcast platforms at FantasyFootballBS. Perfect, perfect. And as always, nice little shout out to our sound engineer before we get started. Nothing really changed, but the weather and the way we give it to you do it better. Better by the hour and the All right, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back again. 
the last episode before playoffs. We've had a great season so far. A lot of a lot of devoted listeners. We really appreciate it, of course. And of course, we are looking for for improvements. So definitely hook it hook us up. Tell us what you were looking forward to listening to, what you enjoyed, what you think we should change for next year. Uh, that way, we can obviously keep everyone uh, keep keeping it going. But of course, we got just in time here for the Foose Clues segment. So the Foose over here, hit us up and let us know what's good, brother. That's right, gentlemen. It's the Foose back at it again for another segment of Foose Clues. Oh, what it do? What it do? Your boy Foos back in the mix and feeling healthy this week. Let's do this. Uh, Before we get started, man, you guys are sounding like some whining ass old maids talking about your teams and how the NFL doesn't do this for them and do that for them. Come on, guys. You like yelling at the refs in a bar in the middle of a game. Just get over it. You got to be able to play through things like that. I'm not. I'm not feeling the, uh, the the whining over here. Man, uh, man, I'm I'm pretty sure every Sunday after the Niners lose, 99% of my Facebook feed is is excuses from Niner fans. So get out of here with that noise. Well, speaking of Niners fans, we uh, we've we've had a continuing conversation about uh, Jimmy G and Derek Carr, and I feel like uh, Jimmy G pulled himself back into that conversation last week simply by not giving the embarrassing performance that Derek Carr did. Uh, Derek Carr, I think, ended up with 1.6 points on the day. Gosh, Part of that has to be due to the the cursed QB of of the Purple Cobras. That is absolutely what it is. I picked him up, and uh, and that's what you get. So, Bryson, what do you have to say for your man? We called it last week when you picked him up. I was like, you dickhead, you better not. And look what you did to my man, dude. Look what you did to him. He's back in Jimmy G territory. You man. better they're, drop him they're tomorrow. Neck, they're they're neck and neck now. I, they're they're Q, they're QB like you know fifteen and sixteen in the league. Right I'm gonna now. have to figure out a way to get Mahomes on your squad. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's uh, it's Jimmy G, then Kendall Hilton, then Derek Carr. That's, that's my list. I mean, you you we don't need any help there. You do, you do not need to take Kendall Hilton. To help the Broncos lose. We can do that on our own, brother. Don't worry about it. All right, all right. Speaking of dumpster fires, let's jump into this injury report. Uh, And let's move to another Las Vegas Raider, Josh Jacobs. He is now questionable. Got the ankle injury. Looks like it's a little less severe than originally anticipated. But, uh, Bryson, how are we feeling about Mr. Jacobs? Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is one of those injuries that you watched and it looked uh, really bad as it happened and you were kind of fearful. Um, And then shortly afterwards, you know, Gruden came out saying he was a tough SOB and, you know, uh, they're not anticipating him to miss much time. MRI came back clean. Uh, It's just a sprained ankle. Maybe, maybe miss this week versus the Jets. Um, But they're, they're saying that he's, he's questionable and he, he could even tough it out and play this week. So if he does play this weekend against the Jets, he's a must start. Um, if, if he doesn't, you guys, I hope, picked up Devontae Booker and he should have a field day against the Jets. So um, hopefully you guys were paying attention when we dropped that waiver wire pickups for, for the week. Good call. So we're handcuffing Devontae Booker in, in case Jacobs is not able to go. 100%. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let's go over to a frequent flyer on this report, Kenny Galladay. We were uh, potentially looking at a return last week. Uh, you guys gave us the info, uh, and folks who were listening got got the early scoop and hopefully made the right call. So what, what are we looking at for this coming week? I mean, he was he was officially out uh, going into, uh, into Thanksgiving. He was out. He hasn't played since week eight. Uh, so he was also out week one and week two. This has literally just been one of the worst nightmares for Kenny Galladay uh, owners, just holding on to Kenny Galladay and just not knowing what to do, not having him put on IR, just kind of having him waste a bench spot. At this point, uh, I don't see you expecting much. Uh, Hopefully, if you're in the playoff hunt, hopefully he can add some value, but I don't even know. He continues to monitor that hip injury and is continuing to be week to week on the injury watch list. I just, I think it's something that if you're a Kenny Galladay owner, even if he does show up for for playoffs, 
I don't even know if I could trust rolling him out there with the amount of injuries that he suffered uh, to his uh, bottom half this year. So uh, f- sorry to get you Kenny Galladay owners. Hopefully he can he can pull some some extra points for you in playoffs, but I wouldn't count on it. Tough sledding for Galladay. Move on to the other wide receiver on this list, Julio Jones from your Atlanta Falcons, the juggernaut crushing the Raiders this week. Uh, even without Julio, uh, hamstring injury made him miss the game. Uh, what are we looking at moving forward for Julio? Yeah, for, for Julio Jones, it was kind of those interesting ones that you were monitoring throughout the week. You, you, he was kind of leaning on the uh, the wrong side of being able to go uh, the day prior to uh, game time. So it was already looking pretty pretty grim for him uh, come Sunday, but they didn't need him. And, and thank God they might have dumped 100 on us. Uh, that hamstring injury, you know, it's something that he, he injured early on in the season. We mentioned it early on in the season with those soft tissue injuries, there is a chance for re-aggravation. Um, so, you know, you don't really know if this was just a, Hey, let's be, you know, err on the side of caution and let him sit out a week and kind of rest it up. Or if, if maybe he retweaked it. Um, so definitely something to keep an eye on this week. If he is a, did not participate, say come Friday, um, definitely be looking for some backup. Interesting stuff. There've been a lot of injuries in that Atlanta wide receiving core. It seems like Ridley's been on and off this list. Uh, we've had, I think Gage has been on this list once or twice as well. Who, who do you look for to perform in terms of wideouts for Atlanta coming, coming the next week? Yeah, if, uh, if Julio's not a go, you got to look at, obviously, Ridley's a, a no-brainer, but Gage and Zacchaeus um, are two definitely, you know, viable options. I think Gage, you know, early on in the season, we really talked him up. It seems like him and Matt Ryan have a, have a real connection with one another, but as of late, uh, Zacchaeus has get, gotten some opportunities and has really shined and, and you know, taken advantage of those opportunities. So um, he's another guy to, to kind of keep an eye on, and if you're in those deeper leagues, um, he can serve some, you know, serviceable points for you this weekend if, if you need a, a, another wide receiver. Interesting times for those Falcons wideouts. Let's move on to Zach Ertz, our tight end from Philly. Uh, he is on the IR, but it looks like we could have him back at some point here. What, what are they saying about Mr. Ertz, Snowman? He actually had some uh, some Goddard fans and owners a little scared because the report came out that he possibly could have returned against Seattle on Monday Night Football. Uh, they chose not to actually bring him out, uh, and Richard Rogers had a, another good game. Now, if he does return this week, uh, he's going to eat into those uh, targets by Dallas Goddard. But we all know that uh, no matter what, that that two tight end offense for Phillies really their their strongest point of that offense. With with as shitty as that pass game is, uh, Fulgham is is seemed to kind of just fall off. Rieger is getting some attention. Miles Sanders can't do shit. So I mean that that offense is struggling and. And if Ertz doesn't come back and you're in a deep league and you kind of just need someone, I mean, Richard Rodgers has had some pretty good games back and forth since week 10. He put up 10 points in week 10, 12.8 in week 11, and 14.3 in week 13. So uh, that's that's very good for someone that's projected to only have two points and is only in rostered 4% of the league. So if Zach Ertz isn't able to return, but I think he's going to, uh, if you are in desperate need of a tight end this week, for whatever reason, you might want to just swoop up Richard Rogers for the, for the week. Yeah, I need your wife's uh, trade to finally come in right in time for playoffs, baby. Come on, Ertz. (laughs) (laughs) I never even got to use him, man. She traded him to me and he got injured. I was like, what the hell? (laughs) So that that brings up my next question. If Ertz is healthy, do you start any one of those tight ends? Do you trust any of them to to give you more than five or six points? I I mean, definitely not Rodgers. Yeah, I think with Ertz, you, you have to. I think Ertz is is for sure a must-start if he is in. Um, with no Ertz in, Goddard's a must-start also. Uh, you know, here's the thing is, you know, we say chase the volume, and there's no better opportunity to chase the volume than when a quarterback's consistently playing from behind. Um, they are always throwing the ball. 
And that's kind of why Miles Sanders has struggled a lot lately is because they've become so one-dimensional. They fall behind quick and they can't they can't get a game plan established. Um, so I think that's – they've got so many struggles right now with Philadelphia. It's, I was just talking to, to, to one of our buddies who's in the league, and uh, I, was, I was bringing up Philadelphia, and he was you know, mentioning that he was talking to one of their coordinators about that exact issue that, you know, like, what – how did you guys fall off? from Super Bowl team to contender to just fucking nothing so quick. Um, I, I think that that entire organization needs a restructure. Um, and I think that they're when they when they went to that Super Bowl and they won that Super Bowl, that team and that philosophy they used did not translate and carry over to the next year. You know, the league caught up with it quick and you know they caught on to what philadelphia was doing and it's not working anymore um so they need to find peter peterson over there needs to figure out something new man hot takes over here i feel like bryduck is calling for peterson's job are you putting that on on record right now you calling for peterson's job no i wouldn't i wouldn't say that you know because it's kind of like you, you go from winning seasons, you know, a couple winning seasons in a row and, you know, you take your team to the playoffs a couple seasons in a row. Actually, they made playoffs last year, I believe, at seven and nine. So it wasn't even a winning season, um, but, you know, still made playoffs. And in that division, you can make playoffs at seven and nine. NFC East is fucking dumpster fire city. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's. I think he's fine for now, but if he repeats this, say, next year, I think that that seat starts to get a little hot. I think uh, this year's got coaches have, like, the greatest excuse. Like Exactly. With like, COVID, there's been a couple like... coaches. <laughs> there's been a couple coaches that have gotten fired. Like, P- Patricia being fired, don't get me wrong, for sure it needed to happen. He's been absolutely atrocious. And if you look at Bill Belichick's coaching tree, that coaching tree combined is fucking atrocious. They're it's garbage. Like, they're like 208 and 298 record or something like that. It's just like super, super bad. And the only one who's been successful is Vrabel, and Vrabel just played for Belichick. Yeah. He didn't even coach for him. So, <laughs> I mean, it's anybody who's come from that coaching tree just does not seem to be successful without Belichick as a part of that equation. And it's nowhere near the Bill Walsh coaching tree. That is uh, 100%. It's the 100% opposite of what that coaching tree was. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you're talking about the goat, so let's you know let's, <laughs> let's, put, a, let's put him in the correct class. This is like carry on, on carry name. on. Put some respect <laughs> on that name. All right, let's uh, let's move back to running backs here with another backfield that we haven't trusted all year, and that is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, this in particular is Miles Gaskin on the IR for a while, designated to return. What is the prognosis here? How do we feel about Gaskin for the next couple weeks? Yeah, so with IR, once they get designated to return, it kind of opens up that 21-day practice period. So he returned to practice November 25th. Um, He's looked good from what reports have said. I was actually kind of shocked he didn't play last week. Um, but with, with what Flores said, he just said that he needs to watch some film, determine, you know, if he is ready to be activated off of that IR, uh, prior to this Sunday. So it seems like things are trending in the right direction. The dolphins are kind of in the hunt. So, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where a coach may not want to push someone too early that they know might help them later on in this season because you know let's face it for that seven six seed in the AFC it's you know it's looking like the Dolphins got a real shot at making it in there so they definitely don't want to fuck that up and they are going to make sure that Gaskin's a part of you know the end down the uh, down the stretch here in the end of the season interesting stuff let's move on here to DeAndre Swift from the Detroit Lions, our Thanksgiving perennial team, our Thanksgiving perennial disappointment. Um, Mr. Swift is questionable. He did not play on Thanksgiving. Continuing to monitor the, the situation, Snowman, are, do we see any uptrend for, for Swift? How do we feel about him next week? Yeah, I think he'll, he'll be good to go. Swift owners kind of just fell on the wrong side of having a questionable player on a short week. Uh, I think it was more like if they would have played on Sunday, he, he would have been able to play. Uh, but because they came off a short or were on a short week, they 
he was unable to play. So I think he is definitely good to go. He's, he's been in practice limited wise, but he should be good to go. Uh, and obviously getting rid of Detroit, if they would have taken Bryduck and my suggestion of just kind of phasing those uh, teams out uh, and move Detroit and Dallas to Sunday games and get rid of that tradition, uh, Swift owners would have had him because he would have played last Sunday. Good stuff. Well, that rounds out our highlights of the injury report this week. Let's jump into our topic du jour. Uh, now, Mr. Bryson, Mr. Bryduck, let me lay out a scenario for you and see if you can put yourself in this seat. Uh, you've had a crushing defeat at the hands of another team, and you, you left a win sitting on your bench. The guys that you played underperformed and, and your bench overperformed. You, you left the W on the bench. How do you adjust your expectations for the coming weeks without being overreactionary in, in the moves that you make? Yeah, I think I let my heart play a little bit too much into this one. Um, you look at my bench and literally I had Kenyon Drake, 24 points, Amari Cooper, 25 points, Jarvis Landry, 30 points. I mean, it's pretty sickening looking at those numbers on your bench, uh, especially when you lose by just 10 points and any one of those players would have put you over the edge. Um I think the biggest disappointment for me last week was Brian Hill. Uh, going against the Raiders, I, I really did think that he was going to be the one that was going to be featured in that game. Uh, just because the Raiders let up the fifth most points to fantasy uh, players this season. And I was like, man, this kid's shined in moments where he's gotten opportunities. I, I really did think he would have a big game. Um, but they kind of shut him down. He only ended up putting him up. Uh, putting up an abysmal 5.50 points. Um, so definitely missed on that stud of the week call. And, you know, I think for, for, for me, when it comes to looking at your bench players, you have to go back to, would I ever start this person over this person? Because if your answer is like, if you have a DeAndre Hopkins as your starting wide receiver and Jarvis Landry so happens to go off on your bench, you're never going to start Jarvis Landry over D-Hop, so don't beat yourself up over it. You know, it's just one of those situations where it just happened to, you know, turn that way. So that's kind of how I look at this situation. But I, for me, I made a lot of mistakes in my flex spot, but I always go back to, you know, going with a running back in your flex spot if you've got a viable option. Um, and in this case, I had Kenyon Drake and Brian Hill, and I went Brian Hill. I should have gone Kenyon Drake. Man, Bry Bryduck is really selling out on this hypothetical that I've laid out for him. He, this must really resonate with him. Snowman, <laughs> how, how about you? Put yourself in that seat. How do you remain uh, flexible with your expectations uh, without being overreactionary to a single week? I mean, it, it's definitely heart-wrenching for him because he is in second place and really needed that win to in order in my loss in order for him to finally take over the first spot uh, in our league but it, I, I definitely I, I'm looking at his roster right now and I, I the only change has to come from that flex because with Keenan Allen and Stefan Diggs you're not going to start uh, you're not going to start Landry you haven't been able to trust Cooper as of recently with how shitty Dallas is uh, and Danucci and uh, Jerry Jones saying that the Broncos were in the same situation as Dallas. Well, he's he's definitely smoking something, Jerry. Come on now. Uh, but his running backs, he's got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, David Montgomery, and the flex with, with Brian Hill. So uh, I, I would have started Davis over, over Hill, and I think we had this conversation. We had that discussion, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he said, I, I'm going to go with Hill, and I, I said I would go Davis. And that still would only, uh, and I and I thought about that too, and I, that would only got me another five points. I still would have lost by five, so yes. that wouldn't have helped me helped me either. I should have gone Drake, but you know he's been so unreliable early on in the season. Now the last two weeks, he seems like this is the guy that we were waiting for in the early early on in the season. So maybe I start sliding Drake back in the mix just in time for playoffs. But I I think you need to kind of go with with your research going with listening of course to fantasy football bs because we won't steer you in the wrong direction but when you start second guessing yourself 
and becoming the overreactionary, you're in a bad spot at that point. Uh, those are the people that are desperately trying to get into playoffs or desperately to trying to avoid the punishment league. They start overthinking their moves, their waiver wires, who's on their bench, everything like that. You got to stick to your gut, stick to what your strategy is. If your strategy is that you you want a running back in your flex spot, stick to that strategy. If you are heavy wide receiver and that's been your strategy all year long, you have a wide receiver in, in your flex league. And unfortunately, when it comes to this late in the game, you're kind of living or dying by your strategy that you've set up and you've followed all season. And being in, he's just lucky that he's in second place that it, it wasn't a, a huge dropper for you. But if it was the flip side to where you're you're in ninth or 10th place and all of a sudden all your bench players, that's when you're like, shit, I should have started this person. I should have started this person. Now I'm going to get pelted by tomatoes because I lost and all my bench players are better than my starters. But I, yeah, I, some, league, some leagues are super tight. Like my other league, this would have totally screwed me with like a loss like this. I ended up winning uh, just because Russell Wilson didn't have a have a great uh, a great week. Um, but in that league, literally seeds two through six all are within one game of each other going into this final week. So seeds two through six are up for grabs right now. Seed one is is solidified because that is my brother Jared, and he is up by uh, he'll be up by two wins going into this week. So even if he loses this week, he's already definitely solidified as the number one seed. So there is leagues where you literally are two through the six seed spread out by one game. Um, you know, our league's a little bit more, uh, but still also pretty close, but a little bit more spread out and, and wins and losses. So, um, gets really interesting here going into this final week for a lot of folks. Um, I've been getting DMS like crazy. And I think, you know, just touching back on what snow, snowman just said was, you know, stick with your game plan. Don't start second guessing yourself the week before playoffs or even come playoff time. Um, don't try to get cute with, you know, a, 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 a random sleeper pick that you heard that might go off this week. Like stick to your, stick to your starter, stick to who, you know, and, and, you know, don't try to change things up going into this last week. Yeah. I love the, the tip that I think snowman gave on an early episode around looking at the game stats and trying to look at the trends, um, a, a single game with 30 points. If you look at the game stats in the last four games are, you know, five to, to 10 or 12. And then someone goes off for 30. You, you feel like you're, they're less likely to go off for 30 again, as opposed to if they're trending upwards, then you may rethink who you're going to start or, or sit. So uh, I love, I love that advice. I think that applies here as well. And a lot of that, right. Is if you see someone like a Jarvis Landry, right. Going off for 30 some odd points or whatever and really hasn't had that type of season or anything like that as a as a former d2 coach when you find something that's that's working or a matchup that you've been able to exploit that's been successful it's almost like julian edelman in the super bowl where they just kept feeding the the feeding him feeding him feeding him kind of similar to, to a Jarvis Landry because that matchup has been successful. And who can predict, unless you're physically in the locker room and physically in those coaches' meetings, how can you predict some someone like that, an outlier, to just kind of explode unless you already know that they already plan on scheming that person into the game plan before they even start? Yeah, and I, I did, just to touch on Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry here, I did get a, a DM for a question uh, from a buddy this weekend asking if he should drop Jarvis Landry. And I told him, absolutely not. Um, I know that his last three weeks have been a struggle since taking over with OBJ going out with the ACL injury, but you have to look at those three games. What was going on in those three games? horrible fucking weather going on in Cleveland. Nothing was happening for either side of the ball. It didn't matter who came in and played that day. It was a run game because the, the weather was just so sloppy. It was a mess. They couldn't throw the ball around. Now they go over to uh, last week where they go to a, a, a stadium that actually has, you know, decent weather for the week and the guy puts up 30. So that was his first game 
in decent weather since taking over, you know, as the primary wide receiver with OBJ out. So now I look to this week, I continue to kind of monitor, like you're saying, Foos, that, that Snow had said early on, follow those trends. Now, if he can repeat that, even you know, 18 to 20 points this week would be promising. And then that might be something that you can hope for going into playoffs that, okay, this might be a guy that is trending in the right direction of starting to get a lot of volume at the right time. That's great stuff. Deep cuts here from Bryduck and the Snowman talking Cleveland weather patterns. You don't get that on other podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I love it. That's all we've got for Foo's Clues this week. Uh, Get at us on Facebook and Instagram and let us know which quarterback you want the Foo's Purple Cobras to start. Who do you want me to apply the curse to? I will get your back. I'll pick one lucky lucky (laughs) assertion, and I will curse that quarterback. So let me know. Keep listening. Tag the poster comments with Foo's Clues. Now back to Bryduck and the Snowman. Again, obviously, thank you to Foos and the Foos Clues segment. Love it every single week. It's always been a fun and exciting time to, to listen to the Foos just sound like an idiot every episode, but uh, we, we love them anyways. But here is a perfect time to take a break and listen to our sponsored ad. If you're looking to add to your sports memorabilia collection, do yourselves a favor and check out the best in the business, Baybreakers. They'll give you a chance to win full-size football helmets signed by some of your favorite players. I've already added some fire helmets to my collection, and you can too. Just follow Bay Breakers on Facebook and get in the game. All right, get, getting back to it, there, there's actually no Thursday game, uh, Bryduck. Obviously, with uh, we kind of touched upon it before uh, with Dallas and, or excuse me, with Baltimore having to push their their game back again to to the Wednesday of this week there is no Thursday game and that has now been pushed to to Monday night so there is no Thursday game uh there Tampa Bay and and Carolina are on buys which again is a huge huge way to go now you're you're missing Davis you're missing obviously a possible CMC return you're missing a Mike Evans Tom Brady Ronald Jones uh, Godwin, there, there's a lot of players on by this week, a week going into in, into playoffs that obviously you, we don't talk about buys and looking into it too much when when you're drafting. But uh, going into into the Sunday games, uh, we got some some interesting games here. But I mean, the the biggest one uh, is going to be just if if is Connor going to be able to break out of his slump or is he going to continue to struggle against that Washington D line that we've talked about all season being a strong defensive line? Yeah. I think with, with Connor, with the positive COVID test, you have to wonder if he's even going to play. Exactly. Um, So I think that's the biggest question here is, is, is he going to even be able to play in that game? I, you know, I'd be, uh, you know, I would not be shocked if he misses the game against the Ravens and then also come Monday misses that game against Washington football team. So uh, if, if you're a Connor owner, definitely I hope you went and swooped up Snell as a contingency plan because, you know, he's been one of those guys that you kind of can't really rely on too much. So uh, if you, you know, had Connor come back off, you know, uh, off, off COVID and, and he's able to produce here late in the season for you in playoffs. Awesome. But, you know, I'd start looking for, for other alternatives here come playoff time. And the Washington defense is the 28th hardest defense, overall defense, so uh, in, in fantasy. So they are not going to be an easy matchup, even if you did pick up Snell. Don't be surprised if he, if he somewhat struggles against a, a D-line that – has a front seven that is legit. Are they like all first round draft picks? I'm pretty sure they're all first round draft picks. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I mean, Mo- did you see that that Montez Sweat pick six? Or man, that that was pretty freaking awesome. That was legit. That was yeah. That kid's a freak. I mean, they've that- got Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Man, that's that's a hell of a duo right there. I mean that uh, that game turned real ugly. I mean, I the shitty thing is. This is what happens when you have two fantasy, even three fantasy teams. I had Gibson in one league, and I was playing against Gibson in one league. Same thing as this week. I ha- I have Derrick Henry in our league. I was facing him in the other league <laughs> as well. So, 
I had two running backs that had monster, monster weeks. They just happened to be in two different leagues. I would have uh, really enjoyed if they were both on one roster for me this last week, but yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think with uh with this week, it's going to be really interesting too. You start looking at, you know, we've got two games on Monday night. We've got a game on Tuesday night. Uh, you know, and, and just huge kudos to the NFL and what they've been able to do this year in, you know, being flexible and moving games. Shit, at this rate, they keep doing this. We might turn, it might be like MLB. We might have a game every day of the week, um, which I'm not opposed to. So <laughs> if they can, if they can work that out, you know, I'd love to watch a game every night. So, I mean, um, they're, they're switching it into, I mean, we're getting into where games are coming up on Saturdays now, which is, which is nice. I, I know later in the season that always happens where you have Saturdays, you have a game Thursday night, game on Saturday to watch, game on Sundays, Monday. So now now we've just been able to be, be lucky to almost have that a couple times this year just because of having games pushed to, to Tuesday or two on Monday. I think two on Monday is a, a, a cool idea to, to have. Start your, your week off, you're, you're going back to work, Mondays suck. Uh, just have something to look forward to, to going after work and, and be able to watch two football games. Uh, going into the the Raiders, now I'm, I'm looking at the Raiders to be my survivor pick this week, Bryduck. Is that going to bite me in the ass? Is Derek Carr going to, to put, put his shit together against a shitty-ass Jets team? Man, I'll just say this. I am so glad we got our asses kicked last week by the Falcons so that we hopefully don't walk into this trap game right here against the Owen 11 jets and get our dicks punched in because if we lose to the Owen 11 jets, I might have to deactivate all of my social media. <laughs> so I sure as hell hope that they can pull their heads out of their asses and show up this week. Um, because whatever product it was that Gruden put on the field last week was not the Raiders. Um, I mean, you look at, what the Raiders were able to do the week prior against the Chiefs and what they've been able to really do offensively all year long. And then they go up against the Falcons and put up six. I mean, just it was not we didn't show up that day. I don't know what happened. We had a couple early on injuries that I think kind of set the tone for the day. We lost both of our starting cornerbacks. I mean, right out of the gate. Uh, first play of the game, uh, uh, Mullen got injured. So, uh, and then and then shortly after that, then Arnett gets a, a concussion. So, I mean, you have both your starting cornerbacks out. Thank God Julio wasn't playing, but it was bad enough because, you know, Ridley, Gage, Zacchaeus, those are all great wide receivers. These aren't, you know, guys that are just like some scrubs. These are some really good wide receivers going up against our second, third, and fourth string cornerbacks. So, I hope that we can get healthy by the time that this game turns around and that we can, you know, beat the Jets. But let's go back to a fan fantasy relevance here and talking about some of the guys to watch. And obviously, if Jacobs is playing, he's going to have a monster day. Uh, you got to hope that Waller is going to have a monster day. Uh, he's projected right now over 16 points at tight end. That's that's a big, big that's number a big for number. A tight end. So uh, if, you, if you're a Waller owner right now, you're kind of hoping that he's able to kind of produce there. And then if you're a Derek Carr owner named uh, Purple Cobras, a.k.a. The Foose, I hope that you drop Derek Carr and relieve him of the, the curse. Uh, thank you for your, your, your duties. You've proven your point, and we would like to get rid of that curse. <laughs> I had 2K on the line, so yeah, I, I, I would definitely, definitely quite appreciate. I mean, that might be... That Saints and Falcons, Falcons are starting to to kind of put things together after they figured the out. The Falcons are way better than their record, and we said that early on. I, I I mentioned that multiple weeks that they are way better than their record indicates. They just Falcons like they always Falcon, and they lose games when they're up by like twenty one points, like two or three times a year. And you know they they should be. Seven and seven and four right now. Yeah, um, instead of four and seven. So that you know, that's my take on on the Falcons. I think they're much better than their record indicates. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And going on to going on to Monday's games, like you said, we got two games. We got Buffalo versus the, the Niners. Uh, the Niners having to go to Arizona to to play this game. And 
you have you Dallas versus Baltimore. Now, the the Buffalo, the the Niners over here uh, again. They proved to everyone that just because they have a depleted roster, that doesn't mean that they're still not going to be a tough matchup. They they took it to the Rams uh, this this week and and were able to shut down uh, Robert Woods and, and Cooper Cup and and Jared Goff. I mean, the Rams' offense couldn't do shit. They got lucky enough that they were able to put up some put up some points. But is Buffalo looking like they're about to fall into that same type of trap that that the Rams are? Or is Diggs going to have? I mean, Richard Sherman's back, so is Diggs going to have a, a troubled game? Is Beasley going to look uh, better in, in matchup wise? What what is your take? Is Buffalo about to go up against a, a defense that's going to? Shut him out. I pray to God they put Sherman on Diggs uh, because I'm a Diggs owner and Diggs will put up 200 yards on Sherman right now. <laughs> the guy is out of shape and he runs like a 4 7 40. Uh, so please, yes, make sure that Sherman matches up on Diggs. Uh, that would be a great, great matchup. Uh, but to, to, to be honest here, I would just like to say San Francisco continues to impress me with their coaching. I mean, they literally have nothing, and they're 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 staying competitive. Uh, that defense is is always stout. Uh, it, it's funny because you look at that team and you're like, what do they have? And they're winning games with nobodies. So you know, if they get, I think what what is it like sixty million dollars that is currently on their injured uh, cap space. So dead money right now on, in, you know, on injured players, $60 million worth of, of talent there. When they get that back, I mean, they'll, they'll be, uh, you know, poised to make a run next year. So I mean, as long as they get, as long as they get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, they'll be in good hands. I mean, their de- defensive coordinator was going up for some head coaching jobs this past year and, and was passed on. And I, I got to think he's, he's got to go to Detroit. I mean, He's from Detroit. He's a homegrown product of Detroit. That'd be just kind of the the perfect matchup for for Robert. Uh, what? How do you pronounce his last name? Salehi. Salah. Salah. There you go. So uh, Robert Salah to to just now be the new head coach for the Detroit Lions, homegrown product. Like I said, uh, to go over there and again, like you said, he's been able to make their defense competitive even without. Uh, missing when they're missing Sherman when they're obviously Joe, Joey Bosa has been uh, gone for Nick Bosa excuse me um, has been gone for a the whole entire season almost just about right so they they may they may order to stay competitive so we'll see uh, offense offensively wise Debo Samuel obviously had a, an amazing game so uh, I, I'm looking forward that I'm as much as the Niners are injured, I'm actually looking forward to that game. The the Dallas game, on the other hand, they're about to get the scraped. I mean, straight scraped by Baltimore. I think Zeke is going to have a very tough day against Baltimore, which has a top defense in the NFL. So I don't know. Yeah, but but you got Lamar, you know, positive COVID tests, so you're looking at probably multiple games. Uh, so you got RG three, who's going to be, you know going to be at the at the uh qb1 spot you know can he produce against dallas who is you know believe it or not still in the fucking mix of things out there in the nfc east with uh what do they got like three wins right now four wins shit the broncos would would be in first place if they were over there (laughs) <laughs> any, any, conference any team any team in the in the division with three teams or, or any team in the league with three teams or more is in the is in the running in that in that division it's just <laughs> ridiculous um but with dallas you know zeke obviously is somebody that you you really have to continue to start just because of the opportunity and he is their rb1 and you know what zeke can be uh, Amari Cooper is someone that you really have to be cautious with if you're going to start him. But if I'm a CD Lamb owner, a Gallup owner, a uh, Schultz. Schultz owner, I'm I'm not starting any of those guys. You just really can't uh, unless you're in a pinch and you got somebody on a bye week or you got injuries or COVID or whatever the case may be. Then you know if your arm's being bent behind your back, then you got to do it. But if you've got other opportunities and other people that you could put in there, I would go with someone else. Good call, good call, and and 
off to to everyone's favorite over here some from studs and duds which uh are, are still being calculated of course the the games uh on wednesday it, it kind of screwed it screwed us up over here but uh it, it's looking like it's either going to be bryduck uh bryduck taking taking it all just from the standpoint of the best i think we can do uh, is is come come to a tie but uh Brida going in going into week 13 who are your duds uh for week 13 brother all righty so my duds of the week i've got todd Gurley. so this is one of those ones where i had todd Gurley as one of my duds of the week last week and then he got that really strange scratch at the end of the week uh you have i mean they really didn't tell you anything the yeah. injury came out of nowhere it was at the end of the week, and all of a sudden he just got listed from healthy to questionable with a knee injury, and that's all they're they're really saying. So you don't know if this is what was the cause of him being kind of kicked out the door uh, with the Rams, and maybe it's starting to flare up again or whatever the case may be. Um, but strange scratch, strange scratch. Uh, hopefully it was just them resting him for the week and he comes back this week and he's projected to have 14.97 points. Uh, like I said last week, the guys only rushed for over a hundred yards one time this entire season. He's putting up touchdowns, but he's not putting up a lot of yards. Uh, definitely not getting featured out of the backfield uh, in the passing game. Um, so you're missing out on that that dual purpose running back threat, you know, and those points that you get from people like a Kamara or a uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, so I don't know. I, I think 14.97 against the Saints, who if the Saints win this week, they clinch. I, I think that the Saints come out hot, and I look for Todd Gurley kind of lay, lay a goose egg there. Have, um, a, have an alternate ju- just in case since yeah four out of your six players last week hey that was covid that was that was co i mean covid knocked out four of my six picks last week that was crazy i've never seen anything like it uh next dead of the week i'm gonna have raheem mostert so uh buffalo obviously has a pretty stout defense um they've been having some some bad games they've been struggling as of late like you mentioned uh, but Raheem Moster only 43 yards on 16 carries lost fumble, uh, just kind of looked out of sorts in that game. Um, just didn't, the, the game plan didn't really feature him enough to, to kind of, you know, give him those opportunities. But I mean, 16 carries, you'd, you'd hope for more than four, 43 yards there. Um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of raising an eyebrow here going up against the Buffalo bills who are trying to make, you know, make a point that they are the team to beat over there in that division. So I look for Buffalo to kind of come in and, and, you know, silence some of the, the recent haters that have been coming out of the woodworks. Uh, last dud of the week I'm going to have is Miles Sanders, uh, projected 17.25 going up against Green Bay, uh, has only exceeded his point projection two times all year, has Crazy. missed three games already. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think that we mentioned already earlier on in this episode was Philly's always playing from behind and it really turns them into a one dimensional team and it doesn't really give Sanders a lot of opportunity. So unless they're featuring Sanders in the passing game out of the backfield, he's not getting a lot of points by just simply running you the ball right now. Um, those opportunities just really aren't, aren't there. So if you're a Miles Sanders owner, be worried. And that's my last dead of the week. There you go. There you go. No, those are those are some good ones going into my dids of the week over here. I got uh, James Conner. Uh, I actually picked James Conner blindly um, just be- <laughs> during our episode last week because I knew Bryduck was going to try to take him because he was taking him. He went James Conner like three weeks in a row as a stud. Then he started doing it as a dud. So blindly not knowing what his projections were going to look like. I swooped him during the during our episode last week, uh, and then I actually had to look it up today and see what, what his projected points were. Uh, At fifteen nine three, that's a good pick. Yeah, against again against Washington, so I I gotta have someone on the hook for that one as well, just because he might, like we just said earlier, he may not play due to uh, the the COVID test, so he might not even play. Maybe I'll just slide 
but it, it's going to be hard to slide Snell in there because he's only like projected like seven points. So it's not like I can replace uh, that because that projection is not a little uh, higher. Now, my next one is uh, Aaron Jones, who, again, everyone, we got to tell you because all of a sudden all, you got all the trolls out there on Instagram hating on us or whatever and saying, what? Why is, why is someone like Aaron Jones a, a, a dud? Like, he should be a stud. Well, shut the fuck up and listen. Uh, he's projected to have 21.05 points, which is quite a bit for a running back that's not a huge PPR guy. And as you could tell, Philly sucks. They're terrible. I understand that. But if you look at Green Bay and what they did last week, Green Bay jumped all over Chicago very early on in that first half. In the second half, disappeared Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. They're, they literally had two... He had three carries, I think, in the second half, and all were given to Jamal Williams. So I think the same thing's going to happen here against Philly. I think Green Bay is going to jump onto them early, and they're going to start resting Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones to make sure that they can remain healthy for the, the upcoming playoffs. So it's not like I don't think he can't score 21.05 or excuse me, uh, can't score 18 uh, against with the minus three against Philly. It's just more the fact of I think that's a high number for a team that's going to jump out and is going to rest their players starting these next couple weeks. So that is my second dud. And then my my third one is uh, Zeke with 13.52 i know again that's that's not very high for for that seems a, actually pretty freaking low man for for a zeke owner they've they've finally started to adjust but i mean he had four points last week against washington yeah. and you gotta look at the trend what he's doing this year i mean he's he's trending downward without again he's fumbling uh he struggled again against washington again washington's a good defense they got a good defensive line but Baltimore is a better overall defense and Baltimore has a much better offense. And again, I think Baltimore, even if it is RG three, they still have their running backs. They're still going to be able to control the game clock like Greg Roman likes to do. And 13.52 points uh, just seems a little high to what Zeke has been able to do these last uh, couple games, just because everyone's stacking the box. They're stacking the box, making the, the Dallas Cowboys beat him with the pass, and that shit ain't happening. So, uh, bye-bye, Zeke. So, Brideck, those are my duds. Who do you have for your studs? My studs of the week, I've got Wayne Gallman coming in at a whopping 3.32. Have they adjusted that yet, or is it still 3.32? I, I'm going to look it up right now. It, it is. Okay, well, regardless, he's going to be a stud this week uh, because Freeman, he is set to return from IR, but he still isn't back. And Gallman's been playing amazing. Five straight weeks of three of 13 points or more since taking over for Freeman going out on IR. And by the way, so, it, is, it is still 3.32. Yeah, I mean, that's that's obnoxious. But yeah, he is going to absolutely beast this week because, uh, like I just said, he, he's had five straight weeks. He's being featured in that system, and they're giving him a ton of opportunity. I mean, there's really not a whole lot of offensive weaponry out there uh, in New York, so uh, the Giants are looking at Wayne Gallman a lot. So and he is really taking Seattle. over. Seattle's defense is garbage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with Jamal Adams coming back, they've been looked. They, they're looking a little bit better, uh, right? So, I mean, that kind of brings a new face to that defense. But yeah, they're certainly not the the uh, Seattle Seahawks defense, you know, of you know years past when they had Richard Sherman on the squad and. Uh, you know, Earl Thomas and the boys. So uh, a little bit different for, for certain. My next stud of the week comes as no surprise. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is just playing out of his fucking mind. The I guy's mean, this projected is a big surprise because he's, pro he's yeah, he's projected to put up 29 points against the Broncos. You might as well put up fucking 40 up there because he is going to go off. What? Uh, Shut the fuck up. You don't think, oh, get out of here. Get out of here. He's coming off of a 462-yard three-touchdown performance. 
absolutely incredible. Um, he's exceeded point projections in more than half of his games this year, and in the games where he didn't exceed, he like either just barely missed it by like a point, or he had like the one week where he put up like eighteen points and missed it by like six points. Talk about um, a hard person to like pick for for a stud because his point projections his point are projections so high. always so high. <laughs> it's always so high. But I was like, man, it's the Broncos. If if they've you know. Uh, got the the hangover of having no quarterback last week and getting reamed by the coach and and likely the owner and everybody else in that organization. Uh, if you're a quarterback over there in Denver, you're probably uh, you know hiding in the shadows right now because I don't think you're you're a fan favorite of many people in that organization at the moment. No. Um, for for just putting your organization not only in that position but your team in that position. Um, you know, it, it's it was just really bad all around. And then my last stud of the week is going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire coming in at 14.14 points. Also, obviously, going against the Broncos. Volumes there, he's only had two 100-yard games all year. I know what people are saying, and I hear the chirps out there. They're chirping. They're chirping, and I hear it, and they're saying Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the biggest bust of 2020 because he was so overly hyped, and he went in that first round. He was, you know, likely third or fourth running back taken off the board at the rookie position, and a lot of people were thinking that this kid was just going to be putting up 20-plus points every week, especially with that offense. Really hasn't panned out, but the Broncos are fucking pathetic, and I really think that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire comes out this weekend it's a statement game i think the the chiefs jump out ahead early on and just grind out the clock and run the ball the second half i mean i wouldn't go as far as pathetic i mean we got von miller's out so we're sliding hilton or whatever his ass's name is he's going from quarterback last week he's gonna be an outside backer for us this week who knows this kid can play everywhere (laughs) But yeah, realistically, good picks, good picks. Uh, going going into my studs, I got a uh, Debo Samuel uh, against Buffalo. It's projected twelve point six two points. Just talking about how the coaching staff has done a great job of making them competitive in in San Francisco or Santa Clara, whatever the hell you want to talk about. But that's another story. Uh, but he absolutely. Debo absolutely killed it last game against against the Rams. And Ramsey didn't follow him. Uh, they kind of kept to just their side, kind of like a Richard Sherman staying on one side. But he had 13 targets last week, which was a career high. He had career highs in his yardage. And again, Shanahan loves Debo Samuel. And if Brandon Ayuk can't come back from COVID or for whatever reason, Debo Samuel is Mullen's favorite favorite target because there is no George Kittle. So uh, the volume and the production is going to the volume is going to be there. That no matter what, whether they're winning or losing, Debo Samuel will get his opportunities in that offense. It's just obviously going to depend what he can do with it. But twelve point six two points, I, I think he can definitely uh, surpass that. I also went with with Wayne Gallman. Uh, just it was too hard not to. Even before uh, I saw your picks, it, it was just too hard not to pick someone that's a starting running back and only has three point three two points. I mean, no no matter if Freeman comes back, I think Gallman's the much better back in that offense. And I honestly think New York just struck gold with this kid. I mean, with Barkley coming back next year or when Barkley and Gallman. That's a good one two punch. That's a great one two punch. So I I think you honestly found someone that can take off the load off of Saquon Barkley and you have a good kid that is can run the ball. He can catch the ball. The kid can do it all. Fits your offense very well. So I think they struck gold and I I think he's going to be someone that's going to be talked about as possibly kind of with a chub next year and be a, a number one, number two handcuff uh, of the draft and in deeper leagues in 12 point league or 12 man leagues, they may swoop them up anyways. Uh, but my third dud or excuse me, stud going into it is Nick Chubb. Now Nick Chubb, since he's returned has 
absolutely just gone off. I mean, the guy's averaging 19 carries per game since he got back, and he's had three straight games of 100-plus yards. I mean, he is just going off. Uh, I'm looking forward to this game. He's he's only projected 14, 14.96 points. I'm looking forward to just the battle between the two running backs, between Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. Arguably battle the, of the RBs. The last three weeks, these two have been top three RBs, top five RBs in fantasy football, just going at it after each other. Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb have just been absolute beasts in these last three weeks. So I'm interested to see it, but he is going to be my last stud of the week. So everyone uh, just finished my, my beer for the episode. I want to make sure that we wish you good luck in your last week before the playoffs. Hit us up on social media. We'll answer all your questions to make sure that you reach the playoffs. If you're stuck in that that tweener spot right there, we can help you uh, make you go forward. So, Bryduck, hit us up with the closing remarks. Yeah, guys. Social media, Instagram and YouTube. Follow us at Fantasy Football BS on Twitter at Fantasy FBBS. Uh, make sure you guys are following us on social media because that's where we're going to be posting all of our uh, waiver wire pickups of the week, injury report ads, um, any relevant information that comes out during the week. We're always posting it. So make sure that you guys are turning on that notification button so that you get pinged every time we drop a, a new post there uh listen to us on all major podcast platforms at fantasy football bs uh and then also make sure that you guys are tuning in for the next episode with the foos clues and uh injury reports snows uh snowman and bryduck studs and duds of the week um and then also of course obviously the bi-week replacements it's going to be uh you know that first week of playoffs going to be a lot of questions coming in i know that you know a lot of you guys guys are, are stressing and and sweating it out this week so make sure that you're hitting us with the hashtag foos clues for any questions you guys want us to add into the listener mailbag and uh you know keep those dms coming i, I try to keep up with all of them i, I found a a bunch in like a spam bucket i didn't even know instagram had a spam bucket uh <laughs> but found a bunch in a spam bucket that were like from weeks ago so i responded to all you guys this morning i'm sorry i missed all those from weeks past uh but now hopefully since i added you to to the primary bucket uh now you guys will automatically go there so keep those questions coming uh definitely wasn't ignoring you guys on purpose uh and then of course again thank you to our sponsors air care heating and cooling uh you can reach them at 408-809-7350 or visit them at www.aircareheatandcool.com as always guys appreciate you guys listening peace out minds luck Legends, legends. Ha ha, ha ha, ha ha. In the booth, in the booth. <laughs>